This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. From the After 9 Podcast Studios, this is After 9 with Scott and Kat. Hey now. Hello there. How are you? Oh, great, thank you. How about yourself? <laughs> Great, thank you. <laughs> Actually, today, uh, we got a little dusting of snow overnight. For those who don't know, mm-hmm. it was like two, three centimeters. And there's already crashes all over the highway. As, as we record, it's 9.35, and and there's already crashes because of the snow. And it was only a couple of centimeters. So I think that's bad news for the season ahead of us, Kat, because we know there's a lot more snow coming. But today was a great reminder. Shit. I got to get my snow tires on. I can't believe you have it. Well, actually, I guess I can. What am I saying? I can believe that. But you do have an appointment today? Yeah. You're off after the pod to get those on and be safe and stuff? Uh, Close to it? Yeah. I mean, snow tires for me are less about safety and more about the insurance discount. <laughs> well, <laughs> they much, are, though. How much of a discount do we actually get, by the way? Like, I have that, too. But, like, what do we really get? Like, two bucks off a month? Like, do, I don't know if it's that much, is it? Are they even actually giving us a discount? Or did they just raise the regular price and put you down yeah. to the price it should be mm-hmm. if you have snows? You know what I mean? So, driving is one of the things that we're going to get to in this episode of After 9 because there was an Auditor General's report that came out yesterday and everybody's fixated on the healthcare aspect of it. Oh, my God. We're, we're hiring... Uh, uh, private nurses to come into hospitals and stuff, and it costs double. Did you hear any of this discussion? No. Basically, what happened is there's these private nursing recruitment firms, and and in some cases they'll go and stand outside a hospital and wait for nurses to come out and offer them a gig, so they get paid more working for the private companies. Got it. So when the hospitals try and hire people, and they say we'll pay you fifty bucks an hour, and the private companies are like. We'll pay you 75 an hour, and most of the time it's the hospital that'll be calling you anyway, so it's more money to, to work for us. So they do it. Yeah. The nurses, I don't blame them. They're making more money, but people are asking the obvious question, well, that's costing us a lot more. I just don't understand why we can't innovate a little bit. Bringing in a private nursing company, if it costs a little more, fine, as long as it's staffed. That's all we want, so that when people go to the hospital, there's people working there. That's very important, you but, know. Like, but and which I know sounds so like, yeah, that sounds obvious, guys. But it's really a lack of people working there, and in some cases, depending on where you live. Well, I mean, there's some people that are trying to spin this into, oh, well, the private sector is poaching everyone from the public sector, and maybe to a certain extent that's true. But think of it this way: if those private companies didn't poach them and and offer them seventy five dollars an hour or whatever it is they offer. They'd be going to the States or somewhere else. The people that are in the system now, working in the public system, in hospitals and things like that, have either got a great gig where they're making good money or they're not interested in going to private companies. Either way, mm. nothing's going to get done in the short term, nearest I can tell. But I don't want to talk about the healthcare aspect of the Auditor General's report. I want to talk about the driving aspect of it. And we're going to get to that coming up in just a bit right here on After 9. Kat, let's blow through a couple of headlines. Uh, it's the first night of Hanukkah. Happy Hanukkah to all those celebrating. Runs through to the 15th this year, I believe it is, right? Eight crazy nights. I uh, typically wish everyone a happy Hanukkah on the radio, and we did again this morning on our radio show. If you are celebrating Hanukkah, a happy Hanukkah to you. 
But how different does Hanukkah look this year with a war going on over in Gaza? Right. And, and with all of the anti-Semitic attacks that Jews have had to endure over the last few weeks, it's pretty wild. I imagine we were under that attack at Christmas time. It's got to feel very surreal for Jewish people right now. Yeah, you make a very good point. And I wonder if that's changing um, the way Hanukkah looks for anyone this year or not. I I saw discussions from people like, "Uh, maybe we shouldn't put the menorah in the window this year. We don't want people to know we're Jewish. Why? Oh, gosh. That's sad. That makes me really sad, yeah. We have freedom of religion in this country. And if you're Jewish, you should certainly be able to practice freely your religion. A new report says cyber activity. Targeting elections is on the rise around the world. The report by the Canadian Center for Cybersecurity found just over a quarter of all national elections held globally in the last year had at least one reported cyber incident. The center says state-sponsored cyber threat actors with links to Russia and China carried out most of the attributed activity and interference in foreign elections since 2021. Okay, well, here's the Canadian Center for Cybersecurity, and I don't know if they're good at their job or bad at their job, but it seems like there's a hell of a lot of cyber attacks lately. There is. In all fairness, technology changes so quickly, so I'm not going to be too quick to judge what they do. Yeah, I don't even fully understand what they do, but they're saying that there has absolutely 100% been foreign interference, cyber foreign interference, in elections going back to 2021. Yikes. That's not good news. How do we know for sure, by the way, it's just 2021? I don't you feel like it's probably farther back than that. Can I tell you, I don't believe it. I think, you don't believe it at all? I don't believe that it only goes back to 2021. Oh, got it. Yeah, well, yeah. N- number one, let's keep in mind, we have been interfering in other people's elections for a long time. And there's no reason to think that they weren't interfering in ours. There's just no reason to think they weren't. So if another country has a vested interest in getting a, a new Democrat government elected, they're probably going to try and get a new government, govern, new Democrat government elected because it works well for them. It makes sense yeah. that the rest of the world wants to deal with who they want to deal with. The fact that it's actually working, though, well, that goes to show we've got a serious problem with our elections. Do you think part of the reason they put this out is to try and deter us from doing online voting? Because I feel like we're getting closer to a point where we could vote <laughs> online. Know. But then you hear stuff like this and think, ah, oh, hell no. Paper ballots and let people count them. That's the only way that we can make sure this is fair. And then we and then we assume that that's going to be the way to go. But is it even like, I don't know. Do we trust anything is my question. I don't know. Like, I don't know if I trust anything. Yeah, some governments. I, know. I know that's bad. Like, I, I should probably have some trust. But here I am. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But you know what, though? That's an interesting point that you make, because there's a lot of people who really, really want to believe that it's it's legit. And uh, do you want to use U.S. or Canada? Which which country? Um, we could use the U.S. Because sure. I think that people talk about that a lot, too. Right? Sure. Yeah. The, there's a lot of people who really want to believe that the story we've been told is the story that's true. That Joe Biden just happened to get elected and beat Donald Trump, even though the polls indicated otherwise. And there was a lot of irregularities. Trump has tried to tell people the election was rigged. There was a lot of weird shit that went on there. And, and every time he brings it up, people shout him down and keep insisting, that's fake news, you're lying, you're lying. Well, I mean, here, we know that our, inter- our elections got interfered with. We're just waiting for the inquiry to start. We know it happened here. It's kind of ridiculous to think that it didn't happen in the U.S., right? Mm-hmm. And, and yet the second anyone mentions, ah, there might have been some interference in our election. It's a little weird that 65 million people voted for Joe Biden when the polls said nothing like that was going to happen. All those bellwether states that have never been wrong predicting the president 
all of them were wrong in the last election. Mm -hmm. You know, there's just a lot of inconsistencies. And then you get reports like this and you have to wonder who wants the people who are in power in power? Who wanted that and why did they interfere in the elections to do it? Interesting questions. I don't have any answers, but it's something to think about. Let's think a little bit about booze here, Kathleen. All right. (laughs) Tis the season, right? (laughs) I think even if you're like not really a drinker, this is the time of year where maybe you'll have a couple, right? I think so. A lot of people do just to be social. Do you think this year we know that shopping overall for Christmas gifts and Christmas apparels way, way, way down? Do you think the alcohol sales will take a hit or are people looking forward to a drink maybe. over the holidays? I mean, maybe. Um, I, I Probably. I'm going to guess, yeah. I think they are too. Like, I think yeah. people are planning some ragers over the holidays because it's the way they cope. It's all they can afford or it's what they're willing to spend money on because maybe they see some value in it or something. But I think people are going to make smart choices and make probably spend less. I even think of it like same here because I would think there's some there's some areas of the LCBO that are a little inflated that I would probably rather buy this over here. That's a little less money than that over there, especially if you're hosting because you have to buy like a hell of booze. It's crazy. By the way, this might be our last Christmas doing the trip to the beer store. And the LCBO. Yeah. I'm hearing more and more rumors that Doug is ready to blow up the the beer store at least and just buy beer anywhere. And put it in the convenience stores. That's the thing. Like, put it in. A lot of them are already ready to go. They want the green light. Let them have it. They're ready to be convenient. And we're not allowing them to be convenient. So you're right. That is frustrating. But uh, the LCBO has released their 2023 What Ontarians Were Drinking list. And it was a 44% increase in tequila sales in the last <laughs> two huge. years. That's huge. In particular, celebrity-backed yep. tequilas. Yep. Is that the yep. Clooney? Uh, the Rock. The Rock has the got Kevin a, Hart has Ke- one. Kevin I mean, Hart, you name yeah. it. Well, Clooney sold his, by the way, and he made a smart investment doing, or a smart initial investment move doing that because he made a piss ton of money selling his. But there's a, a ton of different celebrity brands out there. 818, Kendall Jenner apparently is doing really well with hers as well. There's a ton of celebrity-based tequilas. They also said the ones that are 100% agave were also quite popular. Mm-hmm. I would have thought gins were in there. I mean, Ryan Reynolds mm-hmm. is in the gin market. There's a few people getting into that space. I would have thought that would have done better, but it surprisingly was not in the top five. If it didn't taste like piss batteries, I would absolutely agree with you. But unfortunately, gin still tastes like gin. So I'm not shocked. Can I tell you, I couldn't drink gin for years. I don't like gin. I had a bad experience in high school where I threw up and I couldn't drink gin for years. I just recently started getting back into it. And there's a couple brands out there that I quite like, including Ryan Reynolds. It's good stuff. Some of the hottest cocktails of the year, I just want to mention on the tequila thing, have been tequila-based. So it doesn't surprise me. Like Spicy margaritas are very fucking hot right now. And there's a lot of tequila-based cocktails that bars and restaurants will supply themselves with tequila because they're so popular that way too. Well, here's how it breaks down. They did it by region. And even though tequila was number one in four of the five Ontario regions, only Eastern Ontario didn't drink tequila at number one. The uh, In the north, that includes berry and cottage country. Tequila was number one, followed by vodka and then coolers. In the GTHA, that is West Toronto all the way through Hamilton. Mainstream beer brands were the second most popular. Mm. They also went out of their way to say premium brands like your Stella's and your Heineken's. Craft brands didn't do nearly as well as just your regular run-of-the-mill mainstream Canadian value brands. Your your Coors Light, your Canadian, your Blue, that sort of shit. Where was that, sorry? That was in the GTHA. GTHA. Okay, interesting. It's interesting that there's like changes where no matter where, like 
depending on where you're going. Absolutely. I'd imagine, by the way, up north would have been a lot more of that because there's people cottaging and stuff like that through the year and they're going to just buy a case or whatever the fuck is on sale <laughs> and bring it up to the cottage. Uh, Eastern Ontario drank a suspicious amount of New Zealand white wine. Ah. When you think about all the white wines out there, I wonder why did New Zealand white wine in particular fare so well when it's going up against everything from Napa to Niagara? You know what? They It all depends on how the grapes do every year. I think people understand that. And what they bottled in New Zealand was probably tastier. And once it, that ca- catches on and you like the price point and you like the brand, Kim Crawford's a great example. I love Kim Crawford. And nice crisp Kim Crawford and that's New Zealand the southwest region that includes Kitchener Niagara Brantford London Windsor Sarnia tequila number one followed by Canadian value brand beers and white wine again yeah they say that in the wine category, whites were more popular than reds. Lighter wines were more popular than the heaviers. So your Pinot Noirs were probably more popular than your Merlots. They also said that sparkling varieties saw a massive increase in sales. It's like 2023 hit and everybody reached for the Prosecco. Yeah. It's an interesting look into what we're drinking. I would love to see the same thing with cannabis. I would. Uh, sure. That would be cool to have. I wonder how many, have they said like year over year if their sales have been down? Ah, they didn't give an overall sales up or down. I wish they would. It looks like every category that I could see anyway, sales were up. Now, whether or not their their cost of labor and rent and all that sort of stuff went up as well, I don't know. So I have to assume the LCBO is profitable. If the LCBO is not completely profitable and the government doesn't privatize it tomorrow, (laughs) I'm going to lose my ever living shit. Yeah, for sure. Agree. Privatize the Lickbo. McDonald's is adding 10,000 new locations. And the reason they're adding 10,000 new locations is not because we're all waiting for, for Big Macs and, and Quarter Pounders. It's because delivery has gotten so popular. They need mm-hmm. more locations. In fact, they say we need to go into more neighborhoods just to reduce the wait time for delivery in popular areas. So they're going to put <laughs> 900 new stores in America 1,900 more are going to be split between Canada, Germany, the UK, and Australia. 50,000 McDonald's locations around the world by the time they're done. They say in 2017, when they first started delivering, there was a billion dollars in revenue from that. Now, 16 billion. Oh my gosh. I wonder if they'd ever open up like a McDonald's ghost kitchen. You know, like you think you're going to Boston Pizza and it turns out they're making McDonald's in the back. <laughs> Just to help Boston Pizza keep running. Shit like that. Yeah. Um, that's that's interesting. I wonder when you say McDelivery too, you mean like any platform that, that delivers as well, right? Whether skip, it's Uber, Uber, Skip. Whatever. I think they're on all of them. I would imagine they're on all of them. Maybe there's one or two that they're not. But uh, yeah, they've actually redesigned a lot of these kinds of places to make more room for those drivers who have to come in and pick up their order. There's actually like waiting rooms and some of the newer ones being built because there's that many delivery drivers for McDonald's. Isn't that insane? That's insane. Insane. So most of these new locations are going in simply to take some of the weight off the staff that are working now to get it out there faster for delivery. Yeah. Maybe they should just go all delivery. I was wondering that when, too. When's the last time you went and sat down in a McDonald's? Well, some of them still have the play places though. Oh, do they? Yes, indeed. And I went to one. Now it's. Do they still they, have all those COVID balls sitting around? They. I don't know if they brought a lot of the COVID balls back. The one I went to didn't even have a pit uh, for that. But I went to one, and reluctantly in the summertime, and I understandably reluctantly because a kid like peed his pants in the middle of it, and I was like, uh, "Get out, kids! Get out! Get out! Get out! We're done! We're done! We're done!" Fuck. But nonetheless, it's a. It's a, it was a packed, like. 
think about it. I mean, for a lot of families, right, you have to pay money to go to a lot of these places that include slides and things like that. If you can get a meal relatively cheap for the entire family and let them have some entertainment there for free, why would you not? So I think for some of those places, still having those restaurants available is important for them and for that. Okay. Speaking of entertainment, you said a word that I like. Will Smith is back in the news. Yeah, yeah. This is kind of fucked up, to be honest with you. The concept of the movie, is that that the fucky part for you? Yes. Okay, so I'm trying to think how many people even bother with DVDs or even understand the fact that there used to be alternate endings for movies. That was huge for a lot of people. Huge, yeah. And some movies were well known for, you gotta wait for the DVD, there's apparently an alternate ending. So for those who don't know, on the DVD version, the non-theatrical version of I Am Legend... Uh, his character doesn't die. Maybe that's a spoiler alert to you. If you've never seen I Am Legend, watch it, by the way, because it was a freaking great movie, okay? Epic. I loved it. But the alternate ending was that his character didn't die. He actually escaped. He got away. They're going to work on a movie based on the alternate ending because they need Will Smith to be in it. I think they realize they can't just continue the franchise with anybody. Even if it is a popular actor, it's not going to do as well as if Will Smith is in it. Now, depending on people whether want to watch Will Smith or not is the question. However, um, do you want to play Will Smith talking about it? Yeah, yeah. he went. He he said he wasn't going to say anything, and now here he is. He's spilling it all. In the first one, in the theatrical version, my character died. But on the DVD, there was an alternate version of the ending of the movie where my character lived. We're going with the mythology of the DVD version where my character lived. I can't tell you I can't tell you anymore but Michael B Jordan is is in and we're we're doing it. So Michael wow. B Jordan is a part of this and has been a part of this and he says that they've been low key working on it for years. Now listen, the rumors were there, right? You guys know if you're a fan of the movie, you've been listening to these rumors hearing Will Smith's considering it and we all went how. And then there was some fan theory that wait a minute guys, on the DVD there's an alternate version, maybe they're working off of that. And you're absolutely correct. And more and more memes from that movie for some reason have become popular, I think on purpose with this news coming. So we know that it's being worked on. Someone's going to pick it up for sure. Like, I don't know. I, I think that the actual original movie company and stuff is all good. There's nothing that Will Smith did, I think, that's really going to mess him up to do this. But that's what I was curious about. I mean, we knew that Will Smith had it at the box office. He's in a movie. It's going to do well. Minus Wild Wild West, which, which was shit. He has Terrible. a lot of great movies under his belt, right? So this one, I am curious to see when it eventually happens. Independence Day. Was that an outstanding movie or absolute dog shit? An, an outstanding movie. I, I thought so too. I and love the critics hated that fucking movie. I don't know what their problem was, but for, especially for that time, when you think of the mid 90s, that movie was fucking phenomenal. Phenomenal. Here's a question that we asked today on the radio show that you can ask to anybody you want partner, friend, coworker. It's an interesting conversation to have. You and I have talked a billion times about what would happen if we won the lottery, and we disagree. I am not leaving a single penny on the table. If I win 60 million, I will take the 60 million over 25 years and get all 60 million dollars. Cat on the other hand wants her money up front. She will take the one-time lump sum payout of say 25 million all at once. Mm-hmm. Here's a slightly different take on this. And you got to math a little bit here everybody, so pay close attention. Would you rather receive a million dollars right now. I'm going to stroke you a check, cat. Or three cents for every step you take. So for the uh, rest of your life, yeah, every step you'll get three cents for life. 
And I think it all depends where you're at in life. Obviously, the way you answer this question. For me, I'm going to stick with what I've always said because I'll make money off that money. I'm going to stick with the cut me a check for a milli, please. What would you do with the million? Would you uh, invest it or yeah. would you just pay down bills? Would you put it in the bank or would you like put it in cash and bury it in your yard? No, I wouldn't. <laughs> Anything but that last one. I'm not doing that. Just, I actually please, might prefer that please, to the banks. Please don't dig up my yard. No, I uh, I, th- I would do a little bit of everything that you just said, but investment for sure. Investment, because I, th- I know I could make money off of it. Now, will I make as much? I don't know. But I always have the fear of those possibilities, right? I mean, you take the payment as you go and you don't know how, lo- how long you're going to be around. I'd like to make sure that my kids get some of that and I can't if I'm not making very much off of it from the beginning. Do I have the option to potentially make more if I do chose the step? Yeah, but I don't like living off the maybe I think I'll do that. No, I know if I if I get that check for a milli, I'm going to make money off of it. Well, in case you're wondering, 56%, a clear majority of people said they would take the three cents per step. This is probably a no-brainer if you're an older person. You take the million You take dollars. the million. You're not going to sure. be walking for as yeah. long as somebody who's in their 20s are. Right. They worked out the math. If you do 10,000 steps a day, I don't think I've hit 10,000 steps a day. Maybe a, a handful of times all year did I hit 10,000 steps in one day. I know that's the goal for a lot of people, but yeah. I can't do it. But if you did hit 10,000 steps in one day, it's about $300 a day. That's $2,100 a week or about $110,000 a year. In that case, it would take a little over nine years to make that million. But everything after that nine years is pure profit Mm -hmm. if you'd taken the three cents. So money-wise, you're way better off if you're going to live at least nine years to take the steps offer. You would think. Yeah, you would think. Are you not confident you'll be around in 2032? I want to know because I'm excited about the investment opportunities. Is there something in particular you would buy? Oh man, no! I would pi- I would want pitches. It's like fucking Dragon's Den. Dragon's Drag your Den ass it. into me. Yeah. I'm gonna sit in a throne, and you're gonna tell me what I should invest in. And you're gonna tell me your business plan. You're gonna give me all your details, and then I'm gonna decide. That's what I would do. Do you think crypto is a good investment right now? It's up like 150 percent in the last in the last year. I don't it, know. it took a dip there, and everybody I shit know, all man. over it, but it's still around and it's still thriving. Yeah. I have a fear of crypto, so for me, it's a no. (laughs) For me, it's a no, but I'm not saying it's a bad idea to do it. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet... You can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Little Wing is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. I'm in a period of emotional people. Is that all the, oh, I don't care crap? A little adventure. Where are you going? I'm going to steal a bird from the Russian pigeon mafia. Let's do it. Goes a long way. <laughs> Starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Life can hurt, but life is sweet. Little Wing, rated PG-13, may be inappropriate for children under 13. Now streaming exclusively on Terramont Plus. Let's talk about the Auditor General's report that came out yesterday. We have an acting Auditor General, and it's kind of an obligation at the year end. You do all the reports that you have left to file. A couple of things that came out of yesterday's Auditor General report, and uh, to reiterate the point from the beginning, You'll hear everybody talking about the healthcare side of it. We're not going to do much in that. 
I want to talk about two other areas. The Auditor General says the Ford government spent about $25 million on advertising that he ruled was partisan advertising, not actually government advertising. Three quarters of its total advertising spend had some partisan stuff in it. He said now overall ad spending is way down, but only because they're not running all those COVID-19 ad campaigns anymore. Hmm. The two biggest ad campaigns, he says, were way too partisan. The previous liberal government raised the threshold for ads to be vetoed as partisan in 2015. However, the PCs promised to scrap that in 2018 and then never did it. So ironically, they're getting bit by their own thing here. $25 million in ads that were supposed to be to promote government services that actually came out a little too partisan. That's the first one. Now we talk about the drivers. Oh, shit. It was about a year ago. We were talking on this pod about a radical proposal from the government to clear the backlog at the drive test center because they shut down their own centers for months during COVID. They had to get all these people a license. So they shortened the test. No more three-point turn, no more parallel parking. They dropped a whole bunch of things from the driver's test. A year later, now the auditor general says that was not a good idea. It was done without a full review from cabinet and it may be impacting road safety. In other words, for the last year, people that we've licensed here in Ontario are not on the same skill level as everybody else. Yeah. <laughs> this is a and big problem. This is a big problem that I feel like we've kind of talked about before. We told them before they did, <laughs> did it. That's not, not a good idea. say that, hey, maybe there's other things we can do and not this? We did. There's got to be some evidence. I think we talked about it on the pod. I think we did. And if you know the episode number, great. Let us know. But I'm uh, that, that. Yeah, that's not good. Optically, it looked terrible. Everybody who's already got a license hearing that it's going to get a lot easier to get one. People don't like that because people would like to think yeah. that the people on the roads around them driving a basically a, a weapon going 120 yes. kilometers an hour. You'd like to think that they're fully tested and on the same minimum level as you. That's the thing. If if things had changed for some reason and and safety we know that there's absolutely safety um way more safety features in cars than there ever has been right we know that there's cars that slow down and stop mine will if let's say it's like oh fuck we think you might hit something it'll it'll do that it's got all these safety features and we got the mirrors that and we've got the screens now and fine and and that's true maybe cars are safer themselves but humans aren't smarter. No. That's my biggest issue. A lot Cars might be safer. Humans remain dumb, if not more dumb than they've ever been. So that's where the trust factor lies for me is I don't trust the people. And I do believe that we should still be tested. In fact, I was even th- considering, as we talked about this today on our radio show, what if we tested people using cars that aren't smart? G- grab a Ooh. fucking station wagon. <laughs> Of the early a 2000s wagon, eh? or some You're shit. You're not at least going to give them a small okay, car. Okay, fine. Grab them an old Civic. I mean, before they had the cameras or whatever. Corolla, I don't care. Give me like a mid-sized car. I don't care. Bring that to them so you don't rely on any of the screens. And I think in the test, don't they still have to look over their shoulder? And they do have to still do all those things, right? Please tell me they do. I don't know the answer to that, but I actually have mixed feelings about that. I mean, if the technology's in the car... And it's supposed to make it easier for humans and and the human can keep their eyes aimed forward. Great. And as long as the backup cam is reliable and you check to make sure you're not going to run somebody over when you back up, I actually don't mind that. The camera's there to do what your eyes shouldn't have to do. 
The problem is, again, where people are involved, if someone's running toward the back of your car, let's say, and you do that glance in the camera and then you just willy nilly back up and you didn't check over your shoulder to see if someone's running toward your car, there's still a lot, there's a lot of flaws in it. Absolutely. It's not perfect. So I don't like acting like these things are perfect because they're not. There's also a lot of cases where when I'm backing out of a spot, let's say, and it's, it's a busy place, it's a parking lot, whatever it is. There's people coming and going behind me. Sometimes it seems like they're farther away from you than they are. So please use your eyes. Like, please use your eyes so that we can avoid hitting people. I, I think that it's not a perfect system. So that's, I'm totally fine with it being an aid, but I don't want it to be the whole thing. You know what I mean? Do you think that we should take anybody who's gotten their license since January of last year and say, hey, we know we gave you a full G and you're supposed to be licensed for life. We sent you on your way saying you're good, even though we knew you're not good. Is it fair to call them all back and say, hey, listen, we fucked up. So I'll tell you what, we're going to give you two years, but you need to come in and get retested on the proper criteria. And if you pass, you're good. If you don't pass, you're going back to a G2. I think the proof will be in the stats and we need the stats. I need to know, has there been more accidents in those age, not even age agents, I suppose those who just got their G we need to see the numbers in order to say we're going to call everyone back in everyone because that's a lot of resources being taken up from offices who are still doing tests constantly now. And some drive centers have lineups around the plaza. It's n- I've seen it. It's mm-hmm. insane. So they're not going to be excited about that fact. But if it's true that for sure whatever has happened here is leading to more collisions, then it's an absolute problem. And they have to bring them in. But where are the numbers? Like the, it's one thing for the auditor general to agree. Yeah, this is probably not a good idea, but show, show me the numbers. I need to see them. Yeah, and, and I'm sure they'll come out in the next couple of weeks. Usually the OPP is right on it. The problem is we've got to aggregate a lot of numbers. It's yeah. not just OPP. It's every individual yeah. police force in the province. It's not easy. No. It's not easy. We understand. But I, need to, but I think unless we see that, we can't call people in. Because if you look at those numbers and then they end up being like, Oh, turns out it wasn't a fucking problem. Then what you're doing is spending a lot of provincial money trying to fix a problem that's not even there. There's another little note here in the Auditor General's report about driving that says the ministry had limited oversight of driving schools and driving instructors, which meant it may not have been aware of some questionable training and business practices at the schools that could undermine driving across the province. Hmm. So I'm not exactly sure what they're saying there, but I certainly believe there's a few driving schools out there with some rather unscrupulous practices when it comes to teaching people how to drive, charging the money for the service, and getting them a test. Like, I'm always skeptical of these places, and I don't see them advertised on, like, Google or anything. I see them on light poles and stuck to my mailbox and Mm. stuff. Hey, sign up with us for your driver's, uh, driver's ed, and we guarantee we can get you a test by the end of the month. Stupid shit like that. I don't know how they do that because I thought it was first come, first serve, isn't it? Okay, so I don't know much about that. But what I will say to the driver's school, I did it. So I was uh, at the point where, and they kind of similar, where you could get your license earlier if you completed these classes. Right. So I did it. Um, I had a pretty good experience with it. I'm not sure if that necessarily helped me get anything quicker because at the time there was a bit of a demand for myself as well. The year that I ended up getting my G. It was very busy and you did have to book several months out. I don't recall it being like a guarantee we can do it, but who's getting mud under the table is what I'd absolutely question with that. Yes, Scott, I think it's odd. When it comes to driving instructors, I remember, so I snuck in right before graduated licensing came in. I was a few months ahead of it. Mm -hmm. I got my beginners on my birthday and within two months I was fully licensed with a G. 
I actually don't hate that system. I think the graduated licensing system was really just spoon-feeding shit that you shouldn't need to be spoon-fed. I think that if we went back to the way we used to do it, you go ahead and you write your 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 beginners, or what do they call it now, a 365? Is that what a 365 is? I don't know what that is. I've never heard of that. But a G1, your G1 test is what I know of it as. Yeah. Yeah. So you go in and write that on your birthday or whenever you want, and then bam, you're allowed to drive with a licensed driver in the car. I think we should probably stop giving some of these prick driving schools, these fly-by-night shady ones that really aren't doing much to teach people how to drive safely. I think we should tell them to hit the road, and everybody should go old school. Ask your mom and dad to teach you how to drive. And if they don't know, you ask your your aunt or uncle. Cat, the Uh, world... No, 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 hold on. Hear me out. Everything worked fine <laughs> when we were doing it that way. We started getting into the, the the graduated licensing and all these driver's ed programs that are jacking people for like $2,000 to learn how to drive, and we're no safer than we were. I'm not opposed to parents. I hope that there are. My dad helped teach me to drive, but I also took the course, and I think that's important too. I did too. I did twofold. So I took the course. On the weekends, my dad would take me out to, you know, we'd start at parking lots and we'd work our way around, you know, the usual. I think most people go through that. But um, here's the thing is that some parents are shitty at driving and I don't want them teaching their kids how to drive. It's like the nicest way I can think of it. Granted, and you're absolutely right. And and to your point earlier, there, people are getting stupider. Like we're not getting smarter no, as a society. Yeah, no. it's, it's really fucking bad. Yeah. But anyway, my point here is going <laughs> to be- It is fucking, that, you're not, really fucking bad. There's a lot of dumb wrong. people. So my point here is that it's kind of like school. You can go to school and learn what the ministry says you need to know. That's fine. But there's a lot more to learn in life that doesn't come from the school. It comes from your parents. And I think that there's a lot of parents out there who are either afraid to get in the car with their kid or they don't prioritize it or make time for it. And I think if you just leave AZ driving to teach your kid how to drive, they're missing out on the life experience and the supervision that you as a parent can provide. Mm-hmm. I was in the car with my daughter and and she told me first, I'm nervous, I'm nervous with you in the car, blah, blah, blah. And I thought, well, nothing about driving is casual or easy. You should be a little nervous. I'm your dad and you should learn how to drive and I'm going to be in the car with you. And I was so nice about it. I saw her do a million things that I knew were wrong. And it was just, it was positive reinforcement really (laughs) to encourage her to have that confidence that they cannot teach you in driver's ed. And I don't think you come at a driver's ed with that confidence that makes you feel like, a little bit of snow on the ground? No problem. I can handle this. I know how to drive. That's because they'll usually cancel your lessons if there is snow on the ground is the funniest part about that. And what good does that do they anybody? Do. I remember, though, it's, it's just kind of a rite of passage, though, at the same time, Scott. Like, I just remember my high school days being picked up by the driver instructor because that's how it usually happened, right? Like, yeah. that was it for me. It was during the week I had my time in car with the instructor and he'd pick me up at the school. And you were like the coolest if you were learning how to drive. It was like, yeah, my instructor you know, David is coming to pick me up and I'm getting behind the wheel and you're all fucking jacked because you're 16 years old and you're like, bye fuckers. And then like, there's a guy in the car with a pedal and stuff. It is a, I mean, it's an experience. We have to also realize though, I mean, on top of the fact that sure, your parents could not be good drivers. Sometimes we don't tend to listen to our parents. Right. It's kind of like any kind of lesson where you could, you could tell your kid that, but if someone, it comes from someone else over there, they might listen and respect that a little bit more. As Ah. shitty as it is, it might be true. For me, it wasn't necessarily the case. I, I did trust my, my dad's a good driver. I was good with it. My mom wanted nothing to do with it. Zero to do with it. In fact, I remember her clutching at the side of the door anytime that we were driving. She could not stand it. Was she on the holy shit bar? She was on the holy shit bar. She didn't want to look. She's like, just tell me when we get there. Oh, so, God. but my dad was all for it. He was cool. He taught all three of us. I just feel like we can't, 
outsource the the responsibility of driving to a bunch of people that we don't even know. They just want our money, really. We're just a number at the end of the day to those driving schools. So my thought is, is that when you have your G1, it's specifically designed for driving with your parents or or older siblings or whoever it is that you trust to teach you how to drive. Let me give you another example that's kind of off topic. I, terrible at math, so fucking bad at math. But when my kids came to me and said, can you help me with my homework? I looked it up. I did what I had to do and I taught them the proper way. Even though I know you can just pull out a calculator or do this or do that, there's a way it needs to be done and I taught them the way it needs to be done. Same with driving. Even if I am a bad driver, maybe I don't drive with my hands at 10 and 2. Maybe I am, uh, uh, I speed a little bit or I tend to tailgate, whatever. If I'm teaching someone how to drive, you bet your ass I'm going to be all over what I know is the right way to drive. And I'm going to make sure that they understand. You need to leave space. You need to give yourself time to stop. All those sort of things that, sure, the driving instructor will tell you, but for a kid right now, they don't even give a shit about the driving instructor. It's just a means to an end. They're putting up with that because they want the prize at the end, which is their license. Yeah, I do think that if parents intervened a little bit more and, and forced those kids to go out and practice, you don't just drive when your driving instructor comes. You've got a G1. You drive. Let's talk. Let's get this going here. Let's get you prepared for any scenario on the yeah. road. I think parents being involved would go a long way. Yeah, and I hope that more do, that want to. But like I said, there's some who truly have an anxiety watching their kids drive. So we don't want to put that on them or make make the kids feel like they can't. So in that case, I'm fine with there being driver's assistance or or. Like like Scott said, pick someone else in your life that's an adult that has their G. I think all that matters is they have their G, right? That's it. They have to be a fully licensed driver. I believe so. Maybe a colleague, maybe whatever, you know? Yeah, maybe I should know that. I don't know. You have to be for at least, I think there's a minimum time too. You have to have your G for like minimum a certain amount of time. Got it. Maybe five years or something like that. It used to be. Maybe they've changed it. I don't know. One more thing on this, and I know this won't be popular for everybody, but- yeah, I don't think anybody drives the the highway or does their commute to or from work every day and thinks, wow, everything's going great. We all see people do dumb, reckless, irresponsible shit. And if you don't see it, turn the news on. You're going to hear people that have been caught going 200 kilometers an hour yeah. on the highway. Stunt driving is getting yes. real bad. Yes. You know, yes. I wouldn't necessarily be opposed to a G is not for life. You get your G for, say, 10 years. And then you got to go in and do like a quick 10, 15 minute basic test that proves you know what you know. And if you can't fail or if you can't pass that test after 10 years of driving or every 10 years, you go back down to a G2. <laughs> that you, would suck. And then you have to drive with no alcohol in your system and you need to yeah. be out during the day, not at night. Like all the restrictions that come with a G2, you'd have those on you if you can't pass a G test after 10 years of being licensed. And maybe we do it again after yeah. 15. Yeah. I think nothing, none of that will be bad for us, you know, overall. So there's going to be people who are pissed about it. But overall, I think it's important what happens on the road is safety first because we're hearing way too many stories about shit like that. Scott, you're right. And we got to go, everybody. Have yourselves a fantastic Thursday. We'll have one more episode this week. And I'm led to believe that Dave Blizzard is going to drag his sorry ass in here. But I don't know. We don't know for sure. We'll all find out together. Oh, is there a, is the thing preventing him or is he planning to come uh, in? He said he might. As really? long as the thing, yeah. As long as the thing is the thing? Yeah. Ah. Yeah. He might tell you guys if he comes <laughs> in tomorrow. Dave's got a thing going There's on. There's a thing happening. And, and I'm not sure if that thing prevents him well, from doing the podcast. he pod. doesn't want the thing to happen to us. I know that. So that's what might prevent it. Or does he? Oh. Oh, you think he would? Yeah, fuck those Why guys. would he? <laughs>
hate that show. It all depends how the ratings go. Okay, guys, have uh, an excellent uh, day, and we will uh, catch in. Catch in? We'll check in with you at the Friday show. (laughs) You're just saying words. I don't say blah, 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 blah. Bye. Time Magazine announced that their 2023 Person of the Year is Taylor Swift. (laughs) Taylor was like, of all the honors I've had today, this is definitely in the top 50. Yeah. (laughs) Taylor Swift beat out Vladimir Putin, the president of China, King Charles, and I don't know, it makes sense. Those guys are terrible singers, really. The editor-in-chief for Time said, Taylor Swift is the rare person who is both the writer and hero of her own story. And also, he said, we really wanted to sell some magazines this year. So... A Florida man was arrested over the weekend after he allegedly refused to pay for the $250 tattoo he received of the Waffle House logo. Although, come on, don't you think if the guy had $250, he would have gotten something classier like the Denny's logo?